This podcast is for education purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of the United States Marine Corps, United States Navy, or any other Department of Defense entity. The material and information presented here is for general information only. Welcome to the No Way Out podcast, John. Sir. Look at this young man, John. He has this jean, this jean sweatshirt thing going, button up. He looks fantastic. He always is the, by far, he always knows what to wear every single day. I am forced to wear what I wear. I have no clue what to wear. And once I get out of the Navy, I think I'm going to try to consult with John on how I should approach yeah. my wardrobe every single day okay how much would that, you charge for that yeah i don't I, I won't there's no consulting fee but you probably don't want to wear what i wear john you look fantastic thank he you i appreciate does. it you're always complimenting me absolutely now yeah. today john we have two junior young officers we have lieutenant ryan bass good evening and lieutenant jc annabelle good evening and we are thrilled to have these two young thrilled. bucks with us we are thrilled i yeah. think are they a little bit younger than you or me? I, I can't. 30 years or so younger Roughly. Than me. Yeah. But as John and I were discussing, we would really want to invite onto the podcast. We were thinking of some young officers who yes. come out of school, graduates. They look great. They look great. They're uh, one of us is, at least. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. The gloves and, are but off. Inspiring people who I we see them. I see them out there every single day leading older marines than them mm -hmm. younger marines than them and man they they think they have their life figured out they might we'll see by the end of this podcast but uh <laughs> we'll just long, young young leaders who are trying their darndest to to lead really good people yeah. and and we're excited so we're excited. ryan good to see you can Thank i call you ryan i'll call you <laughs> lieutenant bass yeah that works yeah lieutenant either, bass either one's fine okay and lieutenant annabelle good to see you can lieutenant annabelle, i want to start with you can you give us a little bit of your background tell me where you're from okay and your journey to join the marine corps and then ryan will do that uh lieutenant bass will do that right after you okay uh yeah so i'm from syracuse new york What's upstate your, say your full name uh jc annable that's my full name thank you ryan um i'm from upstate new york i went to a very small school suny school in upstate new york uh suny Cortland. don't undersell it <laughs> <laughs> don't undersell it i played lacrosse there um that was m the main reason why i went and i wanted to be a cop um, got into that process a little bit and decided it wasn't for me. Uh, did a little, um, work outside, uh, before I joined the Marine Corps. Um, had like a bunch of random jobs, like seven random jobs. Uh, I don't even remember all of them because it was just a bunch of random stuff. And then, uh, got in contact with a recruiter. I didn't even know officers existed. So I wanted to enlist like straight out of high school. My parents wouldn't let me. Um, but then I wanted to go back after I graduated from college and um, they put me in contact with an OSO and I was like, what's an OSO? Um, so then I got in contact with them and then eventually joined the Marine Corps about a year after I graduated from college. <laughs> Ryan's fake sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> thank um, you, Lieutenant Bass, for paying close attention yeah, to thank that. thank you. I mean, it's a compelling story. You're so helpful. It's very unique. Well. Unique a, and compelling. Well, I, I too did not know what an OSO, uh, what that, that term was. A lot of the acronyms I'm still working on. Mm -hmm. That coming. means bear in what is Spanish. It? Bear in Spanish. Yes. Oh. And it means bear in Spanish? Yes. Huh. I had no I idea. What is, what is OSO? I don't, I don't know. 
Why? Because you went JROTC? Did they I went not? ROTC, full ride. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Good for you. Quick, That's yeah. a compelling story. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Annabelle, really quick. So tell me about uh, family, siblings, hobbies, something that you know you like to do when um, yeah. things of that nature. So I have two oh. sisters and a brother. Um, and I was actually just talking to you about this a couple of weeks ago. I wanted to thank you for uh, telling your story that we had at our BITS training um, about your son um, who's handicapped because I have a handicapped sister and she's the main reason why I wanted to join the Marine Corps. She can't walk, talk, or eat on her own. Um, and I think just like her being how she is and how she can't really experience life the same way I do, it's kind of inspired me to, I guess, do more for like my country and my family and protect people that can't protect themselves. So she was kind of my main inspiration as far as joining the Marine Corps goes. Jeez, John, let's just end the podcast. I think I think we're good. I think that's a mic drop right there. <laughs> yeah. But I know I thank you for sharing that. That was that's beautiful. <laughs> uh, it really is and, a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was. When you think about meaning, meaning and purpose and the way that we are connected to our ancestors and and our loved ones, that's a beautiful sentiment. Really beautiful story. Um when you said SUNY, you meant State University of New York? Yes. And what was the small part of the SUNY? Wasn't Stony Brook? It wasn't? It was Cortland. Cortland, okay. Yes. What was your major? I was a criminology major. Like I said, I wanted to be a cop, but yeah. Uh, I'm really into nutrition, so I took a bunch of nutrition classes, and I want to get my master's in that once uh, I go over to the East Coast because I just got orders, but yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for I love getting to know people. They're backgrounds yeah. where they're from mm-hmm. all those things that created so to speak the individual that's sitting right in front of us and one of the reasons i love being in the navy and the marine corps is i get to meet people from all over mm-hmm. so lieutenant bass let's start let's, same questions for, for you my man introduce yourself life story uh, not please, the whole thing please, uh, no okay no. but in a counseling we'll session brief. later sure <laughs> we'll do that i am first lieutenant ryan bass i hail from uh westfield new jersey um same boat as Lieutenant Annabelle here. Uh, I think in high school, I didn't know the difference between officer enlisted. Um, I knew I wanted to do military, I think subconsciously since like middle school, probably. But then it, when it came down to like figuring out, you know, what, how exactly I was going to go about doing that, I learned about ROTC. And again, my parents were really big on, they were pushing me to at least get a degree. Um, so I was lucky enough to, you know, aside from ROTC, have the opportunity to go to college. So, um, the balance of like getting a degree and being able to do this was ended up being ROTC. So I applied for a scholarship in high school um, that I received, which was awesome because it kind of enabled me to go out of state. Um, I got three younger siblings, should have mentioned. Um, so I did that for four years, came out, went straight through the officer pipeline, mm-hmm. got my first pick for MOS, ground intelligence. And then uh, that was like a two-year pipeline. I injured my foot along the way, um, which prolonged it. And then uh, How came did here. You injure your foot? A bear attack, I assume. Yes, an Oso attack. In, in, Nor- in, in New Jersey. In New Jersey. Yeah, Jersey's rough. Yeah, those bears yeah. are tough in New Jersey. But yeah, you injured your foot. How did you injure your foot? Um, Tell just us. being a savage. Just a savage. Yep. So I was, I was working out pretty hard. Yeah. He stepped off the curb. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> and eventually caused a stress fracture in my right foot. Just being, yeah, just pushing through pain. Well, both of you, one of the, uh, I'm inspired when I see both of you working out. Like when we do the officer PT sessions. And really? I'm always wondering how can I get on either of their teams? Really? Uh, oh, yeah. They're both just beasts out there. Right. And it's a little intimidating.
but you know, I try my best. And That's very nice of him to say. He is the most athletic person I think I've ever met. He's yeah, chaps is for no an old doubt. guy. He's uh... <laughs> thank you, John. Yeah, thank, you. Say, thank you for that sentiment. Shows up will, a lot uh, of our. I'll make sure my wife yeah, listens to the first ten minutes of this podcast. <laughs> Doctor Taylor's a re- well-rounded guy. And even even <laughs> well, could so work out you. well. But great, it's just so great hearing hearing two individuals from two different places i remember talking to you lieutenant bass if you hailing from new jersey you're the boss of who course. is the boss and i asked people this from you should new ask, jersey you should ask the rest of the room and some people do you know who the boss is and if you don't know who the boss is and you're from new jersey talking about i sometimes might walk out Not of the, the room boss. Oh. no no the boss who's also new jersey. in jersey hoboken i yeah. believe who he knew who the boss was. I'm thinking of the cake boss because I'm a big foodie. Ah. So no, his his name that's is Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> the boss. Oh, okay. Bruce, yeah, that's who? that's what he's known as in New Jersey. He's just just a phenomenal artist, singer, songwriter. And so anytime I meet somebody from New Jersey, I'm like, Do you know Bruce Springsteen? He saved my life. Mm-hmm. That Ghost of Tom Joad album. I, it's just and a lot of young people don't appreciate like who's who's the boss. I'm like, what? Well, my, parents, my, my parents like grew up in the Asbury area where he's like from too. Mm-hmm. So they grew up with him in the eighties and stuff. And I oh, they knew him. They knew him personally. Oh, <laughs> yep. He was at all my birthday parties. John, we're getting a lot of bad. I like he the would junior sing officer banter. Happy birthday to you. He would. Oh to man, he would. Lieutenant yeah. Bass, and uh, he, would he would sing would say, it to you. Happy I was talking birthday, former or pre <laughs> Lieutenant Bass. Happy birthday. Beautiful. Yeah. More horse, though. More horse. Yeah, he's got little, that great yeah. Yeah. rough voice. But he was there at every birthday party. It's fantastic. Wow, I did not know you. What was your major, by the way? Yeah. My major was uh, National Security and Foreign Affairs. Whoa. Yeah. National Security. What can you do with that? I can make a hat. I can make a brooch. You can <laughs> You can go be really anything you want. Oh, okay. It's The opportunities are limitless. Really? You know, I used to say that. Do you think you're using it? like the best of your ability as a ground intelligence officer? I think, yeah, I think people outside of yeah. this organization, I go, you know, what do you do in the Marine Corps? Well, it's like, first off, what do you do? Um, it's like, you know, Marines. And then what do you, then I tell them I'm in intelligence and then they go, what'd you study in college? And I think that- It translates well. It kind of, yeah, it's a nice lineup, yeah. I think. Okay. On, on paper, for people that don't know, I think, yeah. you know. I have a very unique experience with uh, dating, and I thought we could get into perhaps. Wow, what a segue! A little bit into dating. So when I was I just a said young, I majored in <laughs> national security. <laughs> yeah. National young, security to dating. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about relationships. So this is a great segue. This is great. Yes. Flawless. So I remember being a young twenty-four-year-old, twenty-three-year-old, twenty-five-year-old in the dating scene, and I was going to college. Like you know, uh, one of the the ladies I'd try to take out on a date. They say, well, what, what are you plan on doing? What are you going to do? What's your major? And I'd say, oh, yeah, philosophy, and religion, history. And their face just went blank and thought, there's no way this is good. What do you do with that? Was it what? philosophy, religion, history? Yeah. Uh, so that one that? faded out at the end? And so uh, there's this no question money in that. is bringing back some past things for me. I, I I would lose more dates on just that question alone. He's clearly not a capitalist, and we'll be living in a Volkswagen van. We'll be in a van. <laughs> down by the river. Down by the river, yeah. hanging out with Chris Farley. Yeah. But I'm interested also, as a young young officer, relationships, dating, tell me, I think this might be a fun little conversation we can have right now, when we're talking about control issues, lack of control, how do you do this type of lifestyle, Ooh. and... 
make meaningful relationships in a dating community or a friend community? That, that's a great question. It well, is. Why don't we yeah. go with first, uh, well, Lieutenant Annabelle? Hang on. on, on I think Ryan has some. Ryan? Okay. Ryan has some inputs no, first. I forgot maybe. what I was going to say, but I, what I, the second thing I was going to say is that you have a good pool of people here, as in just us two, because I think we're on either ends of the kind of the spectrum of dating in yeah. the military. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's right? fair. One more active, one less. Sure. Would you say? Sure. <laughs> no, but tell me what your experience has been with that, because Smoke John and I, for this. we emphasize a lot about relationship building, the importance for your mental, spiritual health with creating meaningful relationships, be it dating, be it friendships. But I am interested as a young officer, because we come from a completely different dating okay. world. I had, we had no apps, we had none of that stuff. So I'm interested from both perspectives. Lieutenant Bass, tell him, tell us. You oh, know. No, I'm good. Uh, yeah, he. I guess he only had that one comment. Thank you for uh, thank you for sharing, Ryan. I, you I, want my perspective yes, on? Yes, and then we'll. Let, I think it's difficult. What's difficult? That's why. How, yeah, I how? think uh, you know we work a pretty unusual schedule compared to most of the American populace. Um, so, if if we're just talking, because I've experienced dating outside of uniform, like as in the other person was not. Um, yeah, a yeah. service member. Yeah. yeah, whether or not it's service member or it's just dating in general. Yeah, I relationship think, uh, building in general. I think if you, what I was doing for like two years <laughs> is, um, you know, she, I was on a, on a schedule that she could never really comprehend. Um, and even after like basically two years of it, the entirety of the two years were while I was in the Marine Corps, mostly schoolhouse, um, there wasn't, there wasn't much like progress with her being able to deal with my pretty sporadic schedule. Um, so it's, it's difficult. And I think, uh, dating in uniform is that's, that's the one, the one benefit is like, there's a mutual understanding there. Even if you're in totally different job fields or branches or so whatever. You share a common language, a common work schedule. For sure. Common. And I think it's really, really specific to this, like being in the military. Anything outside of it, I think really no, no one, unless they have like, right, like their parents or family members. And that was something that I didn't have on the other side is like she didn't have friends, family, parents, anyone. She was completely disconnected from this um, way of life, which was uh, tricky because I can only explain myself so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Sounds challenging. I, yeah, yeah it, I would agree. I think um, I have a different, I guess, perspective on it. Of I've dated in the military, so I think I kind of have like a one up on, uh, I guess, dating situations because I'm already kind of setting myself up to be in an environment where someone understands like that lifestyle um, and knows like not to jump to conclusions, like how to establish better communication. But I also think the military um, can beat you up emotionally and mentally to make you not have good communication. Um, so I do think the military can hinder people in that perspective. But once you learn to master, I guess, how the military, excuse me, how the military can beat you up in that sense um, and turn it into good communication, especially with someone you want to have good communication with, um, I think that's like the key to success with dating in the military is being able to like have a good foundation um, when it comes to, to stuff like that. I don't know if you agree, but she, she was um, very ready for this topic. This I, is a I tough am. topic. It <laughs> no, really it is. is. But I'm thinking that that idea, you know, in order to do that, you have to do something. If you're beaten up over your communication and then you end up with a poorer 
or a communication that's not preferable, then what do you have to keep? What do you think you have to keep in the forefront of your thinking in order to practice good communication? Well, um, to bring it back to the topic that you said earlier, along with this was control. Um, I'm going to reference one of my good buddies, uh, Captain Cameron Kirkpatrick and Lieutenant Tapley. They both do this thing. We love them. Yeah, we do love them. They're, They're great. great people. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, they, well, I know Cam does this. I don't know if uh, Sierra does it, but they write down um, things that they can control and things that they can't control. And they look at that, they analyze it for a little bit, either move one thing over to another side or one thing back over to the other side. Um, and then they let go of everything they can't control. Let it go. I don't know in what form some people do that, um, whether that's like just taking a deep breath and maybe sleeping on it or just like telling yourself like, hey, like there's absolutely nothing I can do to fix this right here, right now. And I can't let it beat me up. Um, so I think with that, like the communication piece, right? Uh, say I'm going to the field for like four days. Um, if my significant other, like he cannot control the fact that I'm going to the field for four days. So he has to let that go. And the communication piece has to tie in there and you have to have a good connection from that sense um, and not be controlling. So just to tie it back into that. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know if that answered your question or not, but. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> well, the, I went off on a tangent. I'm she sorry. did. <laughs> well, in terms of communication, she was saying since the military beats beats you up over the communication you end up with poor levels of communication or or just communication that's not preferable to for good, a relationship for good yeah. relationship or to maintain good relationship then what do you do in order to to find or to have good communication what do you need to do or what do you think is important any ideas for you i have some ideas lieutenant bass I, please. I wasn't always the best communicator why not I think a part of what you both of you guys said is uh, the draining lifestyle yeah. and the fact that I'm actually introverted, which a lot of people don't know. Um, so I might come out of the field. I, I did a few courses that were pretty rigorous. Um, you'd have a week that was draining. You were in the field, right? Engineers, not sure they'd really get it. Again, <laughs> off topic. Please, please shut up. Um, and then you would, for me personally as an introvert, I would come out of the field after after a while or come out of whatever being in a skiff, right? That's more of what I do now and uh, not want to talk to anyone on my four plus hour drive home from Virginia to home in New Jersey. Um, and uh, the significant other would be like, you know, WTF, like you've been out since this morning and you didn't tell me. And I was like, you know, yeah, it's not personal to you. It's just something that uh, it's just something that I do. And I would do that a lot. Um, and the fact that we were still having issues with stuff like that, um, was like, yeah, this is kind of tough to do right now. Like I almost can't help it. It's, it's just like good for me. You're, I'm around people all the time. Even now, like I'm around people all the time. I'm being accounted for all the time. That's part of the lifestyle. I think the other part is too, sorry to, do you have more? Probably not. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just adding These two on. are fantastic. I'm adding on. It's like Lieutenant, an old couple. Lieutenant Annabelle's right out of the playbook of active listening. She yeah. is. Is there more? Yeah. Ryan, is there more? That's not active listening. No, that is. That's that a is part of it. Active listening is shutting up when someone's talking <laughs> and then and then letting them finish and then maybe sharing your thoughts after. Yeah, or you can just... Well, you, I feel like you were at a pause. I was done. Yeah. I was done. Okay. <laughs> I feel like they're complimenting me and you're bringing me down, so... <laughs> Keep going, Lieutenant. It's a good balance. Thank you, Ryan. It is a good um, balance. I don't know. I lost my train of thought. It's now. a really good balance. <laughs> he 
says that Here in upstate accent. New York. You, did, do I have an accent? Okay. I, I feel I like know. I don't. We'll hear the recording. That, that was one of the worst ones. Um, I think that, I think that <laughs> along with that is that we tend to, in the military, right, we tend to shut people's feelings down. Mm. So, Ooh. right, right. It's so, true. Right. So, like, and I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing because I do think that there's times where you need to subside how you're feeling in that moment to accomplish what needs to be accomplished right like happy sad um mad it doesn't matter like you need to do the thing Mm -hmm. um and i think because we tell people to feel like that it's hard to transition when you're in a civilian environment it's hard to transition back to feeling your emotions and then being um vocal about that so like to tie into that into relationships is I've recently I just had this conversation with Captain Bo Turner actually last night about how I feel like now um, I'm 27. I have better understanding like mo- emotional maturity now than I did maybe two or three years ago when I um, was like a newer individual in the Marine Corps. Um, and I think that's just because I've been able to like have all these situations where I um didn't let myself shut down like I uh, evaluated how I was feeling and then I was able to talk about it versus just like letting it harbor inside of me and then having like a um, one night where I'm just like bam like all of my emotions come out at once Mm -hmm. so now I'm a lot more like understanding of where I'm at emotionally and my significant other definitely like helps bring that out of me and so does my friends so yeah what's the payoff for that what's the what's the benefit of not letting yourself shut down Um, I think benefit of not letting yourself shut down is just like being mentally and emotionally stable. Um, because if you're not, and you're not present with your feelings, whether it's maybe not in that moment, you don't need to be present, but eventually you need to become present with it. Um, if you don't do that, then you could, I don't know, like there's a various of things without naming all of them, but like self-harm, um, whether that's drinking or physical, like physical abuse to yourself or others. Um, I think just like being present within that and then I don't know we we see a lot of cases like I obviously can't talk about them but mm-hmm. um we see a lot of cases of people like lashing out and you're like what like I would have never expected that person to do that um and most of the time it's because they're harboring feelings that they like haven't addressed for maybe years to, yeah. to answer John's question before that one I feel like because you threw me off track I didn't actually answer it oh my apologies Ryan the punchline was at the end of what what we're both saying is that it, t- it takes like a deliberate effort for some people like myself to uh set aside time to be a better communicator and open up about things and be emotionally mature well it may not come naturally to you exactly as it does what I'm to saying. somebody else so Correct. there and I hope people can also be patient with individuals mm-hmm. in a relationship let's say with with you Lieutenant Bass where you're just quiet. It, they're making an effort to nod their head and say, "Yeah, yeah." That doesn't. That to me matters so much. If someone's trying to make an effort to be a better listener or to maybe open up a little bit, rather than expect that individual to be just like me, uh, and that that in a relationship that's very important. So on a certain level, leaving that space for Lieutenant Bass. Oh, he might he might get. He might talk to me tomorrow. It's been a long day on the. On You're on a four-hour you know, car ride. Four however, hour. she was a little younger, right? But but, but just in terms, this is just communication. He's saying the right things, but yeah, this is communication. But that's also not to just appease you or like not trying to get better at responding to a a partner with with her needs or wants as well. But at the same time, this is something 
that 27 year old <gasps> Lieutenant Jeez. Annabelle is slowly figuring out. It's taking you said two three years to to yeah. recognize this, but. But coming back to you, I completely understand that on a certain level, you know, and what John and I do for our profession as well is we're with people all the time. We're communicating all the time and we're, uh, and then sometimes I get home and I don't want to talk. I don't want to listen anymore. I just want to breathe a little bit. And, and luckily, luckily both, uh, both him and I have long-term marriage relationships. We've been in these for many years, John, more years than I have. Luckily, we were able to communicate that and, and make a really good relationship out of it. So my wife knows, like, okay, it's been one of those days. It's <laughs> I'm not going to pry into his deepest, most important emotion. Or con- this may not be the be- the best time to have a certain type of conversation, as long as you can communicate that. And yeah, I, well, I think Schnuggy Lumps at this point knows. Like I've been talking all day long, what? and I have it's, it's absolutely point. no vocabulary left in oh, me. That's a new one. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, think we were prepared for that. Term of endearment. See what term of relationship? Brand new. What do you call it? Snuggy Lumps. Snuggy Lumps. They haven't seen The Naked Gun. They're too young for The Naked Gun. They're too young for The Naked Gun. It's hilarious. What's the movie? Naked Gun. Leslie Nielsen. See, look at The same guy that did Airplane and all the other slapstick comedies. Anyway, sorry. Keep going, John. But she understands at this point. We've I've known her 41 years and been married 39 years, so she knows. But it's also upon me to say something like, my vocabulary has been stretched all day, and I, <laughs> yeah. could you give me a few minutes? Yeah. Now, if I had a four-hour car ride of silence, <laughs> she might be a bit suspicious about that. Which would be a but, normal response. If I haven't called my wife for four hours, yeah, and I haven't talked to her or seen her in a week or two or whatever it might be, she Naturally, might, she's going to keep texting, and she I might would expect be bit, that type of behavior yeah, as well. Yeah, that's I, so. I wanted to know from you, like, were you in the car with her? No. Okay, so but four hours had gone by. Yes, and uh, I can imagine the things that have, might have gone through her head about the relationship and the state of the relationship. <laughs> um, maybe. Like, uh, hey, hold your thoughts. I know, I am. She's like I'm biting her lip. I know, the I'm excited to see what you're going to say. can't see Jeez. the tension in the room, but you could almost <laughs> cut it. Are we not? almost through the sappy topics? No. Why is it making you uncomfortable? Going. No, I'm good. No, okay. good. I'm an emotional Keep person. I'm Keep very okay. intense. Um, for the listening audience, I, Lieutenant Bass is ready to cry. For more, <laughs> for more I th- uh, clarity on that situation, Sure. I think I would probably shoot shoot her like a, a heads up text like when I first got my phone I think it was more like not calling during that drive like what are you doing on the four hour drive why wouldn't you call right. yeah I, you know sometimes just listen to us listen to music or, was, or nothing or it ch- was I think what you told me before Lieutenant Bass you were listening to this book on tape called Twilight I think John was Twilight yeah. <laughs> another Big are we, Twilight are we fan, segwaying in, in the middle of my emotional moment no just kidding oh <laughs> Today. It was the very Hunger Games, but that's but that's the idea. Like John, we're talking, which is very good. Like on a certain level, in a relationship, it is good to communicate. Like, look, I'm sorry I didn't call or whatever it was, but I need a minute or two. But four hours, yeah, it could be a that's a pretty long time on a certain level as well to maintain. Mm-hmm. I see we're okay. pinning it on me here. Well, and we're also not with pinning it on you. I mean, Don't act like. It's You're being attacked or victimized. Well, no one sees my side. <laughs> I'm an introvert I'm, as well. I'm a yeah. professional extrovert. I would extrovert. communicate they that I was leaving. Side, but, I, I uh, was, yeah, it, f- four hours is not a long time. 
I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate yeah. um, in my head right now from uh-huh. the female's yeah. perspective. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I have a female brain and I understand that I have jumped to conclusions in the past. Yeah, like this things. morning. Okay, we we don't need to bring that up. Um, <laughs> like ten minutes. But let, like I think it's a time. good point. Let, why don't you talk about jumping to conclusions? Tell okay. me. No, I'm being <laughs> sincere when I say this because okay. I think this is an important piece for a mm-hmm. lot of individuals to hear. When our brain. Yep. will jump to give me a conclusion that your brain has jumped to in a relationship or in terms of leadership or in terms of uh, uh, assuming something of somebody that wasn't true perhaps Oof. but your brain jumped to a conclusion yeah. on this I think this is a very important thing to think about um okay so my la- not my current one my last relationship um I got told while this person was away for a very long time that they didn't love me anymore um and I like hadn't seen them for like three or four months right <laughs> <laughs> can't with you and uh my, i immediately jumped to okay yes he just said he didn't love me anymore but he probably is cheating on me mm-hmm. right so like i hadn't talked to this person he told me he doesn't love me anymore but he's posting stuff on social media but like not talking to me specifically so like yeah like i jumped to that conclusion because he was showing me a bunch of different signs and signals that were suspicious mm-hmm. and weird and saying things that were like against his normal character so I've granted like I didn't get um, I never got clarity on the situation. I don't know like what he did or didn't do. Um, and I ended the relationship because of not just because of that, but because of other things that had gone on. But maybe if I didn't jump to conclusions and I let him explain himself, then mm-hmm. I'd be in a different scenario right now. So that's just in a, a small example, I guess. I don't know if yeah. you have something No, that's a similar. big example. I think that if there's any type of relationship trouble or something's going on, our brains naturally, sadly, at times... Go to the scared. worst scenario. Yeah. We get scared, we get worried, we get mm-hmm. fear, and we start thinking irrationally yeah. and assuming the worst. Yeah. I, I also know. have been... I don't, I'm sorry to make this about me, Ryan. I know you love no, it about you. No, you're both but, on the podcast. It's um, about both of you. <laughs> it was just me originally. <laughs> Do you want me to leave? <laughs> no, no, this is good. Let's keep it it's going. It's my decision. <laughs> um, I've also been in like very toxic relationships, um, at least looking back at it now versus like what I have currently. Mm-hmm. And I could never express myself emotionally without feeling like the other person was like attacking me for how I felt. Mm. So I think with that, like I... Um, it's harder for me to not jump to conclusions now because of that. Like I'll have to like take a step back and be like, okay, why do I feel this way? Or why am I saying that? It's because I feel this. Well, I need to communicate that now. But before I like didn't have that maturity to understand that. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the main reason why females jump to conclusions is one, because they didn't, they weren't shown like what, um, I guess like right looks like or like good love or like healthy love looks like um, or they had a toxic relationship in the past and they're letting that affect their current right. one. I don't know. I think those are like the two big reasons of why like females tend to do that. Well, the generations of, yeah. of patriarchy that women have to contend with from men who are unaccountable and, and not responsible the in any way. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I would argue females are too, to to some extent. Yeah, I, I do yeah. think that there's some females out there that um, don't really respect themselves um, and maybe like do certain things that ruin uh, men's ability to have a healthy relationship. And then it's like hurt people hurt people. So it's yeah. so, a go around thing. I don't think it's just yeah. females. Not, not but, yeah. And I, I said that. To you did? That. When? Just now? Didn't I say that? I think Recently? it's from a song, actually. <laughs> well, either way, I introduced you I to think that. It's a Jake, I'm pretty sure it's a Bruce. J. Cole it song. Bruce. It might be the boss. Sang really? Yeah. It's a bar. Lieutenant, it you, is a bar. But if you got business that, to stand idea. on. What? 
Do you have Hold business on, we have to stand on? Questions. We have multiple questions going on. No. What uh, does that mean? You don't know what that means? <laughs> Not John, really. This is like a marriage counseling on a certain level at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Who does they pay? Yeah, my they, turn. Okay. Your turn. <clears throat> we take Venmo. But. Lieutenant Bass, yeah. I don't, have, I don't have, I can't speak on a lot of the things she mentioned. I think they're all true and um, I just haven't experienced it. But I think, uh, you know, obviously what helps in, in those situations, what helps is like an extreme level of trust with the other person you're with, obviously. So, I, I mean, I'd hope you'd have that. You develop that, and that's the reason you initiated a relationship with that other person because you like, you know, you appreciate them, and then eventually like deeply trust them. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's like, like I said, I've, I'm less experienced, but I'm sure there's, it's a trend that um, men are less, you know, expressive um, and open about. You are. I can only speak for myself. Consciously, not going to people for things, or I'm afraid to, because even though I'm not in a relationship currently, you have friends that provide that for you as well. I do. Thank you. Um, Thank you for pointing that out. Mostly Sierra. What do you mean? I don't know these people. It's not people. Sierra Tapley. (laughs) Yeah, not her. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I I forget. (laughs) You're doing great, Lieutenant Bass. Thank you. Let's shift gears a little bit, John, shall we? Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to make one more comment about that subject. Yeah, I need more. How many people? But think about all the people that have come to you and I could say all the people who have come to me in relationship issues where they're struggling and the partner doesn't understand the life of the service member and how you can jump to conclusions when a person's two weeks in the field and the spouse says, I've been texting you and calling you and you're not answering me. Mm -hmm. So you must be cheating. You must be cheating. That leap. The, The leap is made. It's been two weeks. Now the person can't have their phone, and they're in the field, and uh, but there's these assumptions that are made. And I just want for those listening that that this is a very this is a likely scenario that you'll be in. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, how do you educate your partner about the Marine Corps or the service that you're going to be in? Two months in the field. Or two weeks in the field. Yeah, I think that's a great point, John. I, I, I've been working so hard on multiple Marines and, and sailors and people I come to contact with, with the the trust piece that you're talking about. And how do I, how can I, as somebody in the Marine Corps, Navy, fully invest and trust a significant other in my dating life? Step by step, process by process. It's not keeping silent. I can promise you that. Mm. Okay, this is one. But it's also this is like once but, a but week. It's also not jumping to conclusions. <laughs> right. Like this immediate. Yeah, it's a, a two way. And just because somebody does not want to talk uh, immediately, that is not a problem. For example, in some of my marriage counseling's that I do, I have a a, a big a, a, a staff, so to speak, and whoever is holding the staff gets to talk. And the other person cannot talk. I might have to bring that in here, John, for the, the talking for these stick. Two. Do we need that? Yeah, the, the talking stick. Here. Yeah, yeah, we might. But but what I'm joking about is they just have to listen, and and just let that person navigate it. They're communicating. You're t- you're talking about the reciprocant of exactly the the receiver the, of the, the message. Yes. Okay. Of the yeah the person and, and in vice versa. And then okay. once that person's done talking, and it could be a long time, it could be twenty, thirty minutes. I'm not sure how long it's going to be. You're never sure completely how long somebody's going to go with this. 
but you need to hear that person, even if it is an emotional rant, even if it is an assumption and the act of the person on the other side has to listen to this, absorb it, try their very best not to take it personal and <laughs> just yeah. listen. And and then vice versa, right? Then the other person has an opportunity to talk. But what I'm trying to point out with that idea, uh, when we're dealing with these relationships, that communication piece is absolutely vital. And it's okay for that individual, if they're not in the Marine Corps or the Navy, we can't expect them to understand our life. We Certainly can't expect not. them to to know what it's like to, to live our lifestyle. We are not them and they are not you. And, and so I'm really hoping wh- whoever's listening to this to recognize that, look, you have to communicate this and prepare for this before you go into the field, before you go on deployment, before it'd be a good time to do some pre, uh, sorry, some marital counseling or something just so we can have some good communication skills so our mind doesn't jump to a conclusion that because my husband or wife or partner or boyfriend or girlfriend didn't call me last week that all of a sudden they're drinking like a sailor and you know sleeping with who knows who out in, in, in Shanghai or whatever it might be, wherever they're at. And I get that so much that this immediate jump, this immediate leap to very irrational, dangerous thoughts they really start believing those thoughts as well, John. I'm sure you've probably had yeah. that experience as well. Absolutely. They actually, you're feeding that thought even more and more and more, and you believe it even more and more and more, and then feelings get attached to that thought, and then you're like, this is truth. I know this is, I mean, look, he, he's with his friends out at a bar, and, and there's two women somewhere in that picture, and the next thing you know, or two <laughs> men in that picture, and boom. And it's cemented, and that can be such a challenge and mm-hmm. and sadly I, destructive. I would sorry just to add on to that. I know we're trying to change subject just a uh, real quick. I think with the trust thing, um, and then like the constant build of like thoughts wandering wild. Usually they start small. Usually I don't just like immediately jump, um, unless you're crazy. Just kidding. Um, like Ryan. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, but I think that look how good I'm listening. By the way, you're, you're doing great. a great job. <laughs> look how good I'm sitting here listening. Okay, you've spoken way more <laughs> than me. Pointing it out, John. Okay, keep going. And uh, I think that reassurance is like a big thing. Um, are you starting to snore again? Reassurance is nope. a big thing. I think that like you don't need to be. It doesn't mean a constant thing, right? Of mm-hmm. like, hey, like I love you. I want to be with you. But if someone's like. I don't know, acting a little weird, right? Like say you went to the field for four days and like I'm like acting a little weird. Just if you just give like a quick little, hey, like I'm thinking of you and can't wait to see you when I get out of the field or something like that. Something that small could honestly just be the difference of like making sure that your significant other, if they're a civilian or something like that, is understanding of what's going on um, and not jumping to those conclusions. Whether if you're silent and aren't saying anything at all, you know. Um, well, you just have to recognize that the mind is going to do that, that your right. partner's yep. mind is going to jump to these conclusions. And so on a certain level, I'm just going to send a quick text. Yep. Love you, babe. You're amazing. Thanks for holding down the floor. Yep, exactly. Care about you. Can't wait to see you. Mm-hmm. And yep. that that's not rocket science. That's not. A, <laughs> and it, it communicates so much more than this. Why so. are you laughing? What's funny about that? I, I, th- I think she's she's extremely pre- appreciative of, of what you're saying. Chance. Yeah, and tell me on a certain level, would this also be helpful for you, let's say, if you're, you're on the opposite end of that, right? If someone, you got to put yourself in their shoes on a certain yeah. certain level. Mm-hmm. And that is in a relationship, in a partnership, in a friendship, thinking about the other person's feelings, or at least trying your best to think about their feelings, because they're fighting a different type of battle that you're fighting. And it would be the worst, the worst thing I could do on deployment is say, my life's harder than your life. 
(laughs) back home on the range. And and that happens too often where you'll, you'll make these checklists almost in your brain look how hard my life is look how hard i'm working for this and that yes. and it becomes like a competition exactly. yeah that's not right yeah but yeah and we didn't any more comments into, ryan to uh yeah any thoughts on on, on that we right? shift topics i don't think so it's all it's all human nature i've i guess i've had thoughts like that it just requires like i'm just one of the most you know the most mature people i know <laughs> Um, Tell us more. So re- you, re- you really, you, there's, I guess, is 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 blind trust a thing, where like you just have to like just get over it and be like, I'm having these thoughts, but come on, it's not true. We've been together for a year and a half. That's a good idea. You know John? what I mean? Blind yeah. trust. I think we've been. been I, think that's not, be I don't think that's of, the right way to. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think there's part like, of that like in just, there. Just be good with not knowing sometimes. Like I don't know, or is, is, unless it's like out of the blue, like you know, unless there's but, something that's. But why we're saying we're with two young junior officers here, right? Yeah. Who are are currently or maybe not dating or sort of dating, and John and I are these old wise heads, sort of. But we do understand when something when, when something matters to somebody else, like a simple text. Yeah. The I best would thing send I could do. The text. You would send the text. We were making it sound like I didn't no, send a no, text. No, that was nothing was about you there. I don't like the. I don't like the. <laughs> Literally, nothing was about you. I yeah. don't like the. Verbiage. I was simply saying for myself. No, no, him just there. Yeah. Something as simple as sending a text, and we keep talking about this four-hour period of darkness. No, no, not four-hour. We were specifically yeah. using Ryan, four hours. No one hours. brought it up. Yeah, I'm okay. good. Now, it's, and simply, next it, it's just tools that John and I will work at with people. Is is human beings? Why human beings are amazing. The reason why we haven't been eaten by tigers yet or bears is we figured out tools, right? We, we built a gun, all kinds of stuff. We survived. And with relationship building and with listening, there's tools as well. And, and for example, if, if I just, if I built a screw, let's say I got a screw and I built this cool screw and I'm like, you guys, look how amazing this is. Look at this screw. And everyone's like, yeah, wow, look at this screw. What can we do with this screw? Like, well, we can, we can put a wall together with this screw. And all I did was use my finger to try to put a wall together with that screw or wood together with that screw. How, how useful is that screw? So I need somebody else in a relationship. Hey, can you build the screwdriver, help with the screw? Once I get that screwdriver, that's all we're doing with relationships, right, is if I now know that I need to listen or not listen or not jump to conclusions, this is just a simple tool, so to speak, for a really beautiful relationship to start fostering and developing rather than assuming that I'm right Wait, or rather than not you, changing. Or what he's saying than, is you need is the a, man You need the man to screw it in. Oh, okay. Well, yes. you need both. You need, you need <laughs> oh. both partners. <laughs> I thought the no, guy just would, the man. Yeah, just the dude. <laughs> and this is, uh, by the way, listening no, audience, this kidding? is a G-rated show. No, yeah, no. The idea of no, we're joking. We're joking. Wait, we I went, think that's okay. a, this is a great segue we to talk guy. about the officer enlisted relationship. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get to. The next I meant topic. real quick. I meant the guy makes does everything. He does the. Never mind. You guys right. took well, it. <laughs> and, yeah. I got it. That's where I was going with it. But that's well. the idea oh, of yeah. within ourselves, right? We're really good at building things. Let's say it's first combat engineer. We can build walls. Use hang to, on. But in our internal world, in our relationship world, we will not try to develop or get big tools or learn new things or new ideas we're going to just assume this person has to just accept me for who i am in this moment I, I, they just have to accept this this is just who i am i get that on a certain level yes they have accepted you for who you are because they're dating you now if we care deeply about this relationship let's work on 
building something. And now how do we build that? Well, one piece is listening. One piece is not jumping to conclusions. One piece is, right, participating in a beautiful opportunity to have a, a real relationship that can develop. One is not going to assume I know what it's like to be a Marine if you're not a Marine. Right? <laughs> One's uh, uh, not knowing what it's like to be a man if you're not a man or a woman and not being a woman. And that I find a lot of individuals struggling with that, John, uh, just uh, trying to create their partner in their own image, so to speak. Yep. And I joke about God, how one of God's first commandments, if you read the Bible, is thou shalt not make God in your image stuff. Mm-hmm. And we have to do this also as, as in a relationship and with, with others. So with that, let's segue into sure. I'm realizing, leadership stuff. I'm realizing my mistake. Well, we all, we're all realizing our mistakes, and that's the point of, of, of active listening <laughs> and participating with different people no, in different places. No, I, I kept trying to teach her sword manual. <laughs> yeah. And you call that sword manual? Yeah. Lieutenant Bass, we're going to shift gears now a little okay. bit. So you two are jun- junior officers. Well... I would consider myself. We're both promoting. <laughs> Just nice. Probably. I hope I'm so. making an assumption. Well, what I mean by that is young officers. She's been selected. Young officers. Congratulations. Thank you. They're not butter bars or anything. No, no. They're not. No. One's a little more close to the butter. But you are leading or expected to lead, right? 41 year old first sergeants. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, who will salute you and say yes, sir, to your plans and obey those plans. Now, I'm thinking of. When you first got into leadership positions, that enlisted to officer relationship, tell me some of your challenges uh, with, with doing this, and what is something important that you think <laughs> young officers or even the enlisted can recognize about? I'll go what first. You all have because mine's do. mine's probably shorter because I've had very little challenges. Oh. Okay. It's been very easy for me. Yeah. Well, you also have a different experience than I do, and you only okay, have Okay, let's, let's, let's work on letting Lieutenant Bass chat for a minute. Okay, okay go ahead. Chat. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, being at the battalion level, which is cool, at the staff level, um, you get to influence and lead an entire battalion, whereas more, you're more at, like, the company, right, platoon? So you have not experienced my level of um, leadership. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, I have a smaller section, but... The question was challenges. Yeah, tell me, tell me well, just the experience of it all, because you're. It's first of all, it's very, it's very gratifying and eye-opening that you can show up somewhere after doing, you know, some school, getting a degree, not messing up too dramatically, and then show up and get automatically customs and courtesies rendered towards you just because of the what you wear on your collar is extremely gratifying. First off, I think it's pretty straightforward. You, you as an officer, come in with. Uh, understanding your level of responsibility, also having a certain level of humility with what you know and what you don't, uh, and you know a lot of the dudes underneath you, air quotes, um, have more experience in specific aspects of your field. Um, that's why there are like, you know, subordinate MOSs to just like the O2 MOS, for example, right? Like these guys, these O231s are proficient in whatever they do. Same for the 1371s, and so you have to, you have to have perspective as to all the things you're supposed to like what your outputs are and and um what what your function is and then you're supposed to humbly ask the guys the marines that have been doing the the specific job within that field for their input on things so you can plan around it it's pretty it's pretty easy i think what a challenge for maybe new officers sometimes is the humility piece and and because uh, you come in and you know you have a lot of responsibility, some sometimes maybe people overcompensate and feel like they got to do everything. Um, uh, but there are other, you know, the, your Marines are there to 
kind of, you know, lift you up. And I think also what I can say is that character is a big part of it. Or So just like uh, being confident in what you know and what you don't. Yeah, and just owning that and then and then just learning from everyone around you for me. Like obviously I'm an O two at a an engineer battalion, which I was not trained for whatsoever. So it's it's just been a lot of, you know, learning, listening, seeing the entirety of, you know, the battalion from the line companies to the supporting you the the other companies. So Yeah, good. What what about you? Yeah. Um, I would agree. I think that you kinda hit the nail on the head there with being confident Thank with you. what you know and what you don't know. I love saying that. I know that's a... It's very true. That's a good phrase. I like that. I'm very confident in what I don't know. Are you? <laughs> yes. Hmm, okay. Okay, keep, keep, keep going. Um, I think that I've had a, a different, um, slightly different experience than Ryan here when it comes to leadership positions. Um, and I say that because, like he said, he's been at the staff level. So he's had to deal with things more big picture, um, where I'm, I'm dealing stuff kind of at the platoon level. I came into the Marine Corps with myself and a squad of new joins. And it was just us against the battalion, essentially, because we couldn't get anything approved because no one wanted to approve anything for a squad. And I had to learn very, very quickly how to um, get my corporals, because I had two corporals that had deployed before, to teach me everything that they knew from their level. Um, So that was a weird experience, I guess, because I thought when I got to the fleet, I'd have a staff NCO that would kind of lead me in the right direction. But instead it was these NCOs that um, only had one deployment under their belt Um, and then a bunch of new joins. So we were just kind of figuring out together. Um, So that relationship was really strange for me and that I couldn't figure out, I guess, like the best way to like gain knowledge. Um, And then I eventually got a staff sergeant and a gunny and both of them had never been at division before. Wow. Um, or sorry, I lied. That my my gunny uh, gunny Salvatore. He had can been. you just keep the answers generic and just get the themes across? Um, I feel <laughs> no, like I'm telling a story. To, yeah, keep going. Keep All going. right. I mean, would you like to tell my story for your? No, me? just just say you had some new guys and some experienced ones and. Okay, I'm okay, sorry that going, I repeated going. myself. Oh. Anyways, uh, are we on a time crunch here? No, no, no time crunch. Podcast or no time crunch? Keep rolling. No time crunch. <clears throat> um. So. Yeah, I had some staff NCOs that, like, had done the thing before, um, deployed one of them in combat, um, but the other one not. He didn't really know what went into creating a training plan um, and doing all the things to be the best staff NCO to lead me, essentially, right? So, like, there was, like, this weird, um, I don't know if dichotomy is the right word, but... Big one for you. It is a big one for me. Um, <laughs> but we we had to figure out, I guess, like, how to lead each other. Because I had this experience of like being with these corporals and junior Marines for a couple months and like learning how to plan ranges by myself. And then there I was teaching staff NCOs how to do the same thing that they're supposed to be teaching me. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a very strange and weird relationship. And um, I think that staff NCOs, they um, I think that they get a lot of credit immediately for being staff NCOs. Um, when in reality, they might not know all of the things, just like maybe lieutenants coming to the fleet and not really knowing everything too. Um, don't get me wrong. There's some out there that are amazing, oh, like yeah. absolutely amazing. Know everything could crush it. Teach a lieutenant up and down, back, left, right, like how to do it all. But there's some out there that have not been in this, this position or yeah. field before. So they don't, they don't know how to do it. And then sometimes it's the lieutenant teaching them. 
So it's just a weird relationship. And then we have to go and write a fitness report on them um, and basically grade them off of things that they're supposed to teach us or the Marines. So I don't know. It's it's just a strange relationship. Well, it's a unique challenge yeah. for uh, younger leaders to show up to mm-hmm. <laughs> to this experience. For example, I remember when I pinned on as an officer, you know, I'm a chaplain and and that whole time out there in Rhode Island, uh, the master chiefs and others were just teaching us knowledge, grilling us, making it, I mean, making us do push ups and burpees and, and tossing our rooms and all. And they were, you know, they're the hierarchy. They were our chiefs. And I respected the hell out of them. And I, I was, and then right when I pinned on, they're saluting me and they're saying, sir, sir. And then chewing out somebody uh, over there who didn't salute me. And, I said, whoa, 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 That's you odd. have like yeah. 25 years of knowledge in this. You're you're like God to me in the Navy Corps. And now you're to looking t- yeah. to me, you're going to obey my commands? Like, I just got here. Like, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. have. And so I immediately thought, I have to be so humble and recognize as, as someone who's a 03, that when I, wherever I'm going, the, there's a wealth of knowledge. And, and these 41, 42-year-olds, whatever it might be, these guys have so much to teach me, and I need to be confident about what I don't know and be willing to not let that power, so to speak, really get to my head and start thinking I assume everything and then micromanaging everything. And it's, it, it was a really unique transition, I remember, John, for for that. Tell me how inspired you have also have been by these young and older Marines and their knowledge and how they've actually helped both of you oh in gosh. your jobs. Give me, a, both of you, a good story or something. Because I'm impressed by so many of these young Marines and even the, the staff NCOs, these older Marines. I'm like, oh my gosh, they, they really have gifted me so much of their brain and their heart and their mind. I'm inspired each and every day by our enlisted Marines across the ranks. Um, that's true, as, as I say it, you know, obnoxiously, but... Um, there's something to learn from, obviously, like, yes, you might have a staff and CO in a certain, that's a 1371, but then you also might learn just as much in a different lane from like an 0621, you know what I mean? So I try to, I try to be a sponge and absorb, you know, just everything from everyone. You know, when I'm going to other parts of base, I'm rolling into a, a new CP, I'm over at like tracks or something, I'm talking to the guys like I would basically anyone, um. Yeah, it's it's. You just have to know, like, w- yeah, what you know and what you don't, and when when you don't know something, just just be just listen and and. Uh, I try to also like ask questions that kind of feed my role in 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 how I support this specific battalion in my billet now. So, um, but yeah, it's it's really amazing, like to see like super proficient younger dudes, uh, like sappers, like the cadre. Just an example, like they got some younger guys that. Um, are basically my age, if not a, a year or two younger, um, that have already done the deployment and are sitting at like the NCO level, but are better and smarter than other staff NCOs you might see. And then you staff NCOs, you see guys that have been around um, since OEF, OIF, like stuff that I was reading about or seeing on TV when I was a kid, um, that you show up and write like the rendering, rendering you salutes and you're part of the uh, the newer wave that's inherently soft. Um and then just kind of owning that. I think I, I think I do that decently well. I, just, I like, I, I own the fact that, yeah, I just popped out of the schoolhouse, you know, a year and a half ago, and here's my lane. Uh, here's what I understand about yours. Um, yeah, and then just being open to always learn more. 
And I think to add on to that about how you're saying that there's these guys that have, have combat deployments and uh, to tie it into what I was saying about fit reps is we're supposed to write on them about courage. It's like they've <laughs> yeah. done the thing. Yeah. Like we have not. And we're supposed to be the person that's like they're looking up to for that type of guidance and like mentorship from that perspective, which is so, I don't know. It's just so strange to I me. I think they, I think uh, even, even guys that give me shit all the time in a way, I feel maybe a um, little egotistical that they do appreciate some of the stuff that the BS that I do meetings or whatnot. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff on the officer side that, you know, they, they might not deal with. And obviously we deal with a lot of things that, or we don't deal with a lot of things that they, they do deal with. So it's just having like a mutual appreciation of roles. Well, I would argue that that's your ability to build relationships. Yeah. Like you personally. Oh, because I'm very good at it. I think that you're a people's person and you say that you're an, um, an introvert, but I do think that hundred percent, I think when it comes to work and like getting things out of people, whether it's for your own benefit, the battalion's benefit or somebody else's benefit, like, I think you're good at articulating certain things. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's important. (laughs) I think, I think she is too. Not as good. (laughs) (laughs) I just deal with it. It's it's just inherent. It's it's really all it's inherent to the billet. It's about building relationships and like I think, um, kind of like how we're talking about the officer enlisted relationship. I think in order to have a strong relationship, you need to build those by doing certain things, um, and obviously not one thing works for every single person. So finding that person's niche to either get inside of their I don't know wheelhouse, um, and understand them better as a person and what they need. Um, is like the best way to build. Re- I know this kind of sounds like messed up to figure out what they need to get what you want, but that's kind of how relationships work is yeah. um, to give and take. So yeah, you got to figure out how to communicate people yeah. with with different with people right from all across the board. Um, yeah, so it's a humility piece. It's just going like, hey man, I've never worked with uh, UT before. What do you guys do, or how do you do this? And you just ask. It's like it's. I don't know why. But people love that because not a lot of people do that. It's really shocking. So right. To all the uh, they're just like support me and it's aspiring like, military you officers. You with? This job is incredibly easy if you would just shrink. You know, if you would just not have such an inflated head, maybe. Yeah. I can't relate. Right. Our both of our heads are massive. <laughs> because I love asking like physically not questions. figuratively <laughs> I, my hairline's fine your forehead's big no both of our heads are massive um, you wear an xxl they ran out I, I wear a large helmet there's only one of them in the marine corps and you have it kevlar football i'd wear a large helmet too um you yeah. called it a helmet before don't lie <laughs> yeah we all call it helmets they're just weird who cares you know what i mean this is what's beautiful too john the best. Is- i have something <laughs> she's being Miss Captain Select Select over here. I didn't even bring that up. Correcting me on like nomenclature. It's a it's a helmet. This is the peer to peer relationship I actually like to see. The banter that is helpful. You two. Yes. Banter. Making fun of each other. Okay, wait. I'm gonna segue real quick. Making fun of each other and bullying. Right. I understand. Like we shouldn't bully, but if you're bullying your friends and it's a healthy bullying. What does that feed into? What does that feed? A healthy relationship and humility. Sure. Yeah. You can be made fun of. Yeah. I am the punching bag. I think that's everyone. a good thing. Kind of no. Does anyone ever ask me you how I am? To... Yeah. Everyone always <laughs> asks, where's the two, not how's the two. Yeah. Right. Well, on a certain level, I, I think if, if among the ranks, right, you two are the, of the same rank, mm-hmm. this banter is important. This is yeah. uh, your friends. Obviously, we can tell. I hope the audience recognize these are friends sitting here. 
bantering rather than <laughs> but there that relationship is very important to maintain um, and, and acquaintances uh, oh, they're not friends anymore <laughs> no, after this kidding. podcast John, they're, they're, we're they, best friends we, we don't know to, we go way yeah. back we may have to do some serious we're work coming up on a year calling them we'll get a hold of them on weekends as long as they pay us Venmo. Yeah, uh, 10 Venmo cash or Venmo whatever it might cash. be how much was it again just 10 100? grand per session 10 grand uh, per session it's, well look john and i have a wow, lot of expertise I, you might here. never find me again after well, this I, I like what both of you are talking about this humility piece that I really wish on so many levels that when power shows up, which this officer symbol, you, you talk about how it felt good, Lieutenant Bass, when you showed up and people are saluting. Well, and you, you again, did, you don't did. like the don't like the verbiage on that. I didn't. I it's it's it was like eye opening and very gratifying. Yeah, the, the gratification piece, which is important, right? To oh my gosh, people are cheering. I don't know if they cheered when I showed up or John shows up. When John bow. shows up, everybody should be cheering. <laughs> oh, no, they would bow and offer to wash my feet. But nobody curtsies. Not let that, please. But not to let that, the courtesies and everything else, get to your head. It should be an invitation to be even more humble. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this dude who could be my dad is uh, finishing every sentence with sir. <laughs> and that's what's fascinating to me. And I love that Maybe about- Maybe 1% I'm like, yes. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Yeah, and they're trusting you with a different type of trust, right? Right, and that that level, that inherent level of trust you're supposed to have on on this side of the house makes you be better, you know. Yeah, it makes you have to do things when when you wake up that you probably otherwise wouldn't have. Like the the job itself, like makes you hold yourself accountable, which is cool, which is good, I think, for all people. So you say you do it for others and not for yourself. This, yeah, I think it's both. You think it's both? I think this is something that I've always wanted to do, but obviously in, in its nature, it's extremely selfless. Mm. So we're looking at two different like scopes yeah. here. You know what I mean? This is something I wanted to do in my in my twenties for for like for me. Be on this podcast. Be, <laughs> have my voice heard. Get a platform and talk. Your mic's actually off. Um, it's like when you give the little kid the remote RP? and he thinks he's playing. She's shaking her head. It's off. <laughs> It's been off this whole time. Our editor is grinning. She, I, she is loving this. You're grinning that his microphone I, is I shut off. I love hearing junior. Uh, I, I love hearing officers just. Uh, you gotta keep it banter. a bean. <laughs> you gotta keep it a bean or a buck. A bean. Keep it a bean. Yeah, it's Baltimore slang. Never heard. Of Learned it from one of my Marines. I'm thinking of the idea of trust and just returning back to this very <sighs> important concept of fostering trust and how you both do that what kinds of mechanisms or what kinds of um, practices might you go through to foster trust with your, um, with your uh, juniors? And I'm guessing that it, trust is important for both of you, that it, it goes both ways. You have to trust your people to do a job and they have to trust you as leaders. And so I'm just wondering if you could speak a little bit about the importance of trust and what you do to foster trust. When you when you say things, you then stick to your word is like the simplest one. So you say things confidently that are what you give direction um, that is well thought out um, and obviously incorporates some of your Marines like perspective and input because um, we shouldn't be planning in, in a vacuum as officers. The enlisted should be right next to us. And um, and once you put the plan to paper, you actually then execute. Um and that's simple as that. That just shows like competency. And outside of that, like just, you know, being a human and all that other stuff. But as far as like um, specific to like the position, you just st stay true to what you say and what you believe in. Love yeah. it. 
I agree. Being a good human, you're saying like care for other people, like show that you care. Yeah, and then just being a human outside of that. So, which that part, that side of it, I think is easier for me to just be, you know, Ryan Bass without the lieutenant rank. And then the other part is something I've had to, mm-hmm. you know, work on. But for some people, it's the other way around. Like they're just, you know, it's. I think it's as easy as that. And, yeah, and I had something else, but I'll let, I'll let you add. Lieutenant Annabelle, any I would. On that? I would agree. Um, I think, like you said, saying something and then following through with that is yeah. a big thing with trust. Um, I think showing up for people too, like when they need it, like being there for people is when I, I personally establish trust within like my friendships or other relationships. Um, so you're going, I was more like work related. You're going, I'm, I think both, it, okay. like it applies to both. Right. Cause yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Cause I've had situations, um, without like naming situations or Marines, like I've had situations where a Marine, like had to go to the hospital or like had to go do something right and I would drop everything that I'm doing to show up for them and I think that's um like in itself there's a lot of things there that um would help the marine maybe believe that I that they trusted me um but yeah I think besides that it's just like like not lying about certain things or like nor cheating nor stealing nor cheating nor stealing correct yeah i think just being consistent across the board um is like a big part of trust in my opinion yes consistency with yeah, that consistency. so you're saying showing care concern for your juniors yeah. um when they come up with a good idea enlisting that Hearing idea and as yeah. part of the plan showing that you do care about them and you treat them respectfully yeah. um, I, I think just like not a lot of I I think like officers feel this too, not just the enlisted, but um I think like a lot of times we kind of say that we're gonna do something like this goes back to the consistency or like following up with them, but we just do it because the institution says we have to, and not because we want to, and I think that you need to find a happy medium of like doing it one because the institution told you to, but too because you actually want to be there for that individual and that person and you care about their feelings what they have going on in their life and I think a lot of people think it's just because of the institution and then they immediately dismiss like that trust piece so finding a way to um bring in like what you said like the human good person attributes into that um is like very important to build trust and I think uh we're in the best position to do it as uh you know entry-level officers, lieutenants, because one of the things I love about being a lieutenant, and then you hear people that got out or whatever, so they'd be a lieutenant forever, um, is that, you know, you're the the closest you're ever going to be to the the enlisted. Um, And then as you move up into, like, the staff officer realm, like, you're just further and further away. So right now is, like... The easiest time to be personable and and, um, just human with people, knowing that you're, you know, having a mutual understanding of... This guy's new, but he's also needs to make the decisions. You should just want to be able to hear from one another and help, help each other. So we're in a great position to do. Yeah, it. I it's love fun. what you both said. Uh, how you're you're learning how to foster this trust, I, I, Lieutenant Annabelle. I want to touch on this idea of leaving the plan. It seems like there's an individual had to go to the hospital, whatever, and you showing up. That trust that develops right there and there. That that will spread. By the way, that person will say, "Hey, my lieutenant." You know, when it, when it was a tough time, they were there at that moment, and they had a plan, and they had these meetings and everything else, but they dropped some things. So I'm maybe more important than perhaps on a certain level, at least the plan of that day or whatever it might be. And that, I think, was a really important piece to recognize on a certain level where 
once you create a plan, <laughs> is there a time to shift the plan, so to speak? And you guys have to deal with this all the time with all the different plans that get thrown at you. But for an individual to feel that a young Marine, let's say, that, or even an older Marine that, that you're leading, for you to show up at a certain time, I think that was an important thing that I heard from, from both of you, that being a good person and also maybe shifting or showing up to certain things that are more important than maybe a meeting that we could maybe postpone to the next day or whatever it might be. But if I were a young person at 20 and my off, junior officer or my officer did that for me, I knew I, it would a huge impact for me. No question about it. Yeah. Is there, should we shift another idea, the idea of control? Yes. So often we, we hear and we hear from junior Marines and this is sort of that the human element of trying to control our universe. We have relationship problems and very stressful circumstances and so on and so forth. And we're, we try to control everything. And I'm wondering how, what you both might do. Let's say if you saw a junior Marine who's just white knuckling everything and trying to control their universe completely stressed out and they're really just trying to hang on to controlling that what you might say to them hmm. I think uh I think this is probably more common because I might have had some of these symptoms when I was um I think like you know 18 19 I think a lot happens to people from the age of 18 to like just 22 so aside from the you know the joke of like officers being qualified because they have a bachelor's degree criminology I mean what like what does that, I mean... I can't do anything with it. Nothing. Nothing. Um, I think a lot, I think part of, and this is just me guessing, but I think part of the reason that's a requirement for people to commission is because the amount of, the amount, like a human just changes from 18 to 22, regardless of if you go to school or not. Like you just work a little bit or you're just out of high school, like you're just free to make decisions and um, develop. So um, I would just offer, uh, you know, maybe I, I would just relate to them initially. Like, yeah... I think at 18, 19, I was pretty, even though I was on train tracks per se, like I was set on doing on, you know, I was, had a scholarship, like I was going to commission, assuming I graduated and all this, there was still like a lot of question and yeah, maybe confusion as to how things would play out and what would happen next. Um, and it just kind of comes with time and it all, it all usually just, just pans out. Um, and then you hit like 23 24 and you're out of school or you're out of whatever you're doing and um or you just you know you're from lance corporal now to like corporal sergeant um then you look back and you you know you you kind of chuckle at how insignificant that little thing you were stressing about was and how it's very human and other people go through it as well yeah it's just something i think you got to endure and then you just got to talk to someone that's like maybe two years away from that and just be like oh and then see that oh yeah they were in the same place two years ago and now now they're 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 good but it, you know I agree with you. I think, you don't have much to say, do you? No, I do. <laughs> I think I have, um, I need to take some of like what you just said and like apply it to how I like help mentor people or talk to people because I, and I've been told this by my friends, I try to fix things for people. So like someone comes to me with a problem, if, if they preface it with saying like, I don't want you to say anything, I want you to listen, I will listen. But if they don't say that, then the first thing I try to do is break down their problem and then I try to offer them solutions. Mm. And so jumping to conclusions that assuming. Right. And sometimes people don't, sometimes people don't want that. Like you said, like, I think it's just something you have to endure. And then. It's part of growing up. Like yeah, chill. Like, um, yeah. So as I was saying, I think that, um, like you said, endure, 
endure the thing. Um, I think a lot, like my brother right now, he's 18. He is definitely like maturing, but probably a couple of years ago, I could tell he had like a lot of teenage angst, I guess is like the best word for it. Um, like he just didn't really know what he was doing or where he was going and he would just be wow. making like silly mistakes and it's, like, it's pretty unique to him. What? <laughs> Did you tell him that? What? It's like, wow, your problems are so unique to you. I didn't say that. Yeah. He was he was going through and like mm -hmm. I, w I was like Gavin like hey like you're good like why yeah, well, you are you so upset and yeah. like at 22 you just go oh yeah everyone does that yeah like, literally everyone does that like right. I was I was set like I was I had more direction than most people just because of like I was locked into mm -hmm. this basically since high school and I was still like uh, you know not sure about stuff and things and anxious about whatever and it's literally I think what ever happens to everyone. Right, but someone could of. tell you, and like you're saying, someone could tell you a million times, like it's going to be okay. This is what you could do, but you need to figure that out for yourself. Yes, you can't, you can't just like expect to, someone to tell you something, and you have like an awakening like that. Like it's all experience and all understanding that experience for yourself. Yeah, it's like almost better to go through the the trials. Yeah. Yeah, and tribulations. You have to, because it makes you a better person at the end of it the does. day. It right? does. It gives you incredible perspective. Hardships are what make us who we are not like the easy times you know it's like a corny ass that's a brilliant statement that's a proverb like, I, confucius like, probably right. said something similar the uh, adversity yeah, of sure. life yes uh yeah so you know try stuff just throw it oh what i think what i learned to do for myself is when i was uncertain about whatever is just like throw yourself into it and then just say like what's the worst that could happen like the jocko willink uh saying I'm good not. you know what i mean this is the worst time of your life good <laughs> he says that I feel like that's how you live your life Ryan um because yes. you're trying to go a and s uh you yeah. know what I mean well I mean regardless of what you're trying to do just right. just go just go you know throw yourself into things and yeah just just learn it because you whether it works out or not you have grown absolutely mm -hmm. you know regardless of what it is yeah what I'm hearing from both of you is this idea of in Dora the, the control you can't control anything to a certain extent right you but if prepare. you endure it, you can prepare. prepare you can't control it, right? Endure it, work through it. There's somebody to your right and left that that you yeah. can embrace. Yeah, it know together. that know that everyone's experiencing basically the same thing. Yeah, and or perhaps admit like that. that this is just a simple fact of life, like breathing the air that you breathe. Kinda, uh, or bad traffic, right? Or the rainy weather that everybody's so mad about. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's what we're suggesting, right? Yeah. And I think that ties into emotional maturity, too. Yeah, but it's, it's hard to, to, like, tell someone to have it. You right. Because I, mean? I have so much more than I did at 18. It's just inherent. Right. But once you yeah. establish that, it's easier for you to look at things you can't control and then laugh at it and be like, well. Well, the control, control and uncontrol list. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. The Captain Kirkpatrick. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a good one. That's what I was wanting to go back to with earlier on. We touched on the idea of you can't control. It's let it go. Mm-hmm. You, you, how... Maybe easier said than done. Right. But how do you help people or walk people through letting it go? I'm not sure what Captain Kirkpatrick yeah. does. Bum Captain Kirkpatrick special. I think. I yeah. With this guy. I mean, what? geez. He's awesome. He's, he's, he's stellar. He's the godfather just, uh, of. He's all right. I hope he's listening. <laughs> he's had his three years. He's gone. See ya. <laughs> See ya. His helmet size is going to grow here in oh. terms of, um, yeah. yeah all the accolades his helmet size can't get any bigger what a legacy yeah, it's true you have to it's turn massive. sideways to get to the doorway what would you what would you do um as that, far as like person. being able to let it go no no no. to i'll answer the question since you weren't listening uh, well, that's what he asked <laughs> no what uh john what i've actually experienced with <laughs> one of my marines actually is uh 
just thinking how I thought when I wasn't sure about what I was going into, I, I just started to ask him questions. I was like, what do you think happens if you try this? And then he might give an answer and I might go, I give like another perspective. I was at, uh, so, oh, you, you try, uh, you know, you go down this route and it doesn't work out in the end. And then you just return right back to where you were, but you tried something and now, you know, that's like, I would, I would just kind of like prompt thought. Uh, yes. Yeah. Better to have loved and lost than not loved never at loved all. at all. Type uh, of idea. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just, I would just, uh, I would just pick apart kind of the way they're thinking with questions mm -hmm. and then they go, Oh, until they find their own solution. Yeah. That's a good method. Well, no, until they just like lose that fear of uh, what they, the fear of the unknown mm -hmm. until they maybe like, or it's reduced a little bit and they just go, Oh yes, screw it. I'll just, uh, let me try this. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm feeling right now. Just do it. Like, and then worst case, I think they just want to like have reassurance that what, you know, what if it doesn't work out? This thing that I'm, um, I'm not sure about. Um, and then you can just tell them like, well, you know, I did, I tried this thing and it didn't work out. And then, uh, I just tried the next thing. You do that to me sometimes. I really appreciate that. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've gotten good at that myself because yeah. I used to be worried about, I was uncertain about things, whatever. Um, um, like I'll sure. come to you with uncertainties and then you'll do what you just said. And then I'm like, oh yeah. Like you, what if you, okay. What if you did? And then I bring it up like five more times and then you do the same thing and then, sure. and then I'll be fine after that. But, but maybe that's what, <laughs> maybe that's just what this particular person needed to hear was the same thing a few different times. Did you have an answer for that? How you help people? <laughs> Why did you say help people? Help people? Did I say it different? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. John and I are just incredibly grateful for you, yeah, thank you for being willing to take the time yes, to discuss, to grateful. banter, mm -hmm. to disagree, to get mad at each other. It's been very fun. To, yeah. <laughs> to, uh, to just see you also in the field and what you do with your young Marines and also the older Marines that you're required to lead by policy. <laughs> and I, I'm just impressed by the both of you. I know John is as Absolutely. well. Yeah. And I'm really going to analyze this podcast and think about, my goodness, I, 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 I'm saying this not to make your heads even bigger, both of you. I would hope and pray that my boys, I have three boys, would, would participate in life how you've participated in life to this point. And I, I respect the hell out of you and also the people you lead. Uh, they're impressive people. And last but not least, I just have to get a question from Sergeant Major over to Lieutenant Bass, just uh -huh. so I don't forget about this. Last but not He's least. He's just wondering on a certain level sort of. why he doesn't get to get invited to get burritos? Or what, what's this all about? You know, anyway. So a lot of what I said was false. And I, the way I look at enlisted is very different from the way I treat the officer corps. I was almost like not human. <laughs> So a lot of times I will omit Sergeant Major from the uh, the group <laughs> chats on burritos. Um, simple as that. Close your ear, Sergeant Major. I'm looking club. to do better. That's all you can do. Be a better, like, more selfless leader, and uh, I think Sergeant Major might be included on the next one. I think I th he he better be. I think he. I think he rates. What do you think? He definitely rates. Absolutely. If this anything, is a man. you barely rate. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, I think this, this is a good way to. This is a great way to end it. Hey. Yeah. Care about you both. God yeah. bless you both. Love you both. We'll see you. Yeah, Thank you one. so much. Thank you, everyone. Hey, viewers. This is uh, Lieutenant Ryan Bass. I've asked the um, the podcast team here to record a little extra clip of me since, you know, I, f I did feel a little bit bad during the recording of the podcast that there were a lot of affirmations thrown my way, which I really appreciate. And I did not speak highly enough or recognize how, how outstanding of a person um, Lieutenant JC Annabelle is because she's really great too like awesome human um, always there for me as well 
And uh, I think Marines really do like respect her, and and it's it's really cool to see. And she's been nothing but amazing to me uh, for like the last about a year, about a year uh, that we've been out here. So I just wanted to add that in since I got complimented a lot. Um, I wanted to just send one back her way. But thank you all for listening.